Hey, I want to talk to you. Let me talk to you real quick. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you something. Hey, come here. Come here. Hey, just, just come here, man. Let me t- let me tell let me tell you something real quick, man. Just, just come on. Top of the morning, my listeners. I hope we all enjoyed the weekend as we got to watch some really good football. I watched the Sanford and Western game, and I'll provide my insight on what it looked like. Uh, there's no guests today. It's been a busy week, which is really good. Uh, you like to have those. So let's go ahead and start and recap Saturday. And we're going to go in order from kickoff times. And our journey starts us off in Lexington, Kentucky. The Mox played Kentucky Saturday and almost walked away with it. I'm still not sold on this team winning the conference, despite them coming close to beating a better SEC team than the one ETSU played. Uh, The Mox at quarterback Cole Copeland is not super impressive. He went 21 for 35 for 168 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And no stretch of the imagination was it an impressive day for him. I I just I don't see it um, in that quarterback spot for the Mox. I think that is their weak point right now as an offense and what's holding them back from making that next, I guess, taking that that next big step um, as a team in order for them to probably really win this conference. I, I just, again, I don't see it. Um, in that quarterback position. Uh, Liam Ford continues to show up with 128 yards on the ground off of 21 attempts. And again, if you want to beat the Mox offense, you just got to be able to stop the run. I, I think if you can stop a Liam Ford and that running game from going, I think, you, I think you'll have a good day um, defensively. I really do. Now, defense may be a little bit of a different story. And they only gave up 356 yards of offense against a solid FBS opponent. <sighs> Again, I think if you take if you take this Mox defense and you put it on any other team in this conference, I think I think that that team is instantly going to win the, win the conference championship. I, I just I just instantly feel like that. I just they don't I they don't have the offense to get them there. I mean, if you put this Mox defense on Western Carolina, Western Carolina is a conference contender, easily a conference contender. It might be a top three team in the, in the conference if you put this Mox defense on that team. That's just how good the mocks are on defense, and that's just what I see and what I played against uh, the four years that, when I, when I, that I played against them. So, all in all, you know, it, it was a good game by the mocks. I think it was a really good game. Um, a lot of growing that can happen going into next week, and it, again, it just just not a good enough effort for the mocks. But they they could have won this game. Um, the final score is twenty eight to twenty three again. So I. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like I like the direction they're going, but I still don't think they're going to win the conference. So, hmm, who knows? Onwards. VMI went to North. Uh, VMI went to New York. Excuse me, <laughs> and fought off the Cornell Bears with a final score of thirty-one to twenty-one. Thirty-one to twenty-one. Okay, that's a solid. That's a solid. Solid game. All right, and you know, let's say some prayers for Seth Morgan. Um, hope, hope the kid's okay. I think he got injured. I don't know exactly what the injury is, but he started the game, didn't register a stat. And, um, next thing you know, the quarterback with the really cool last name came in and played. And if you don't know who I am talking about, I am talking about Colin Ironside. That is a really cool last name. Kudos to the Ironside family for, I don't know how you got that last name, but kudos to you guys for that. That sounds like a really cool last name, but that's that's besides the point. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not very impressed with VMI. I, I, but I do think they're they're showing signs of progression, and I think they played great yesterday. I'm I'm just not sold on what I saw in the spring anymore. I think I'm starting to think it's becoming a fluke like type of thing that happened. I I think I think this is going to be a middle of the pack team. I'm just not I'm not sold. I'm not excited about VMI football right now. I'm just really not. I just I was before the season started cuz I'm thinking they're going to keep that momentum going. Seth Morgan was going to throw for over almost 400 yards, you know, the, the at least like the first two games against FCS opponents. And then it just doesn't happen, and defense starts to let some teams in and lets them throw the ball around on them uh, a little bit. So I, I don't know. I'm just I'm not I'm just no longer convinced about these guys. I don't think they're gonna win the conference again. I think I think that the spring season was really meant for them. I really really do, and I don't see things getting much better going forward. All right, our first in conference matchup. Took us to the mountains of Cullowee, North Carolina. A weather delay and a battle of who could turn the ball over more commenced. This was a high-power game of offense. That came down to at least one defense getting at least a stop. That's all That's all that was needed that game. Just one defense finding a way to get a, a really good stop. And based off the numbers, neither quarterback was impressive. Liam Welch, my offensive player of the year selection, went 27 for 48, 352 yards passing, and one touchdown. Embrace yourself, four interceptions. Lots of mis- miscues on some throws. I-, I was just disappointed by his performance this game. I- I'm really disappointed. This is not the guy that lit it up in the spring season. This is not the guy that I think – could lead this team to a conference championship that I thought was easily a conference contender when this season started. I, and I was I, I went through the went through the fan boards for Sanford and boy were they not they they weren't happy at all. Not with the play calling with just anything and you know what I'm still a fan of Liam Wilch. I think he's I think he's still going to find a way to to figure things out. I just think he has to get going. Um and I I don't know if the rain got to him for, got to him you know that, that game or what uh I don't know if the weather played a played a part I'm, I'm sure it probably did in some sort of fashion but I, I don't know it just wasn't very impressive for him however the bright side was the run game showed up with 175 yards and five touchdowns that's what you need to see from this offense and that was something that I didn't think Sanford was very good at in in a couple years past, I don't think they were a strong team when it came to running the ball. I think just because of the nature of their offense, they they want to they want to throw the ball all over the place. But I also think that it's good that it's healthy to have a really good run game because if the passing game is starting to get shut down, you want to at least be able to have something else you can rely on. And their run game was very reliable uh, Saturday in a in a you know in a rainy game that probably played a part. You know, and now for the losing team, Rogan Wells threw for 321 yards, uh, went 25 for 57 and went three for three with touchdowns and interceptions. The Catamounts had a great day on the ground with 182 yards, um, but only one touchdown to show for it. Final score was 42 to 37, a game that I didn't think would be that close, but it was also if you look on SportsCenter top 10, you'll see. 
Uh, Chris Edmonds make a one-handed interception grab. Remember, he was also on this podcast too, just to puff my chest out moment. Um, Sanford doesn't look like the team to win the conference right now. They they really don't. Um, like I said earlier, Liam Welsh has to get back in stride for them to have some to have a ring when the dust clears. Uh, Western hasn't figured it out yet. I, I, you can kind of see the gears starting to turn offensively. I mean, they're putting up some really good numbers, and they, it's just they just they got to they got to figure a way to stop turning the ball over. I think if they figure a way to stop turning the ball over, I think this is going to be a solid football team. I think they're a middle of the pack team. I don't think they're going to be contending for a conference title, and they're getting closer and closer to. Being that team, I think they're going to be, but I feel like this will be the only this will be their only one and only year to do something. I, I don't think it's going to carry on to next season. I think this will be their one and only year. Um, again, you know, it, it's just I don't I don't really know about Sanford right now. They're they're kind of making me just question them and how effective they'll be. But I, again, I'm not ruling them out. I still think they're a conference contender. I still think they're a top three team in this conference at this moment. They just have to find a way to start being more consistent and getting back to a team that should be blowing out teams in the defense that should be able to play on the back end. I can understand they get the ball ran ran on them really bad, but I think they can be a better team defending the ball in the air. I, I think they, I think they can be a better team there. It's just, again, it's just not showing. So we'll see how they respond next week when they – play ETSU, which is not going to be an easy game in the slightest, and I'll talk about ETSU um, in a little bit. But first, we got to talk about the, the, that team in Spartanburg. Kennesaw State traveled to Spartanburg to take on the Wofford Terriers, and my God, Wofford is starting to look bad. Well, I can't even say starting to look bad. It's, it's starting to look like that momentum that they had at the end of the spring season that never existed carried on into this fall to where they have, again, zero momentum, um, not much really going on for them offensively, and defensively has not been that great either. All right, these guys had a week off to game plan and get ready to play a Kennesaw State team that I think is the worst team that they have had, that they've shown in the years of being active. After an embarrassing loss to Georgia Tech last week, the Owls were ready to go. And if I'm pretty sure, I don't know how you haven't seen um, the video of, I think, yeah, the Kennesaw State's quarterback fumbling the ball. And um, one of the Georgia Tech defenders picked it up, scooped and scored it. And um, he stiffed on the quarterback on the way back to the, to, the, to, their, to the end zone. And the quarterback flipped. Um, and then... The Georgia Tech guy stiffed on one of his teammates into into a Kennesaw State player. I mean, again, it was just an embarrassing loss to take the Georgia Tech, but it doesn't matter anymore. That that week is gone, and they they bounced back from it very well against a team that I, I at least hope would play a little bit of a better game. Wofford still seems to be figuring out their quarterback situation. Uh, Payton Warrick threw for 115 yards off of 19 attempts. Uh, Peyton Derrick went five for 90, ooh, excuse me, went five for nine, 41 yards in a pick. Who? It's a sad sight for this team when they threw the ball better than they ran the ball. Yeah, they, they did. They did. Oh, wow. Wofford is not who they used to be. And Wofford is known to historically have a world beater type of run game, but it didn't show with them only finishing with 67 yards 
of just total rushing, uh, their total rushing game, only 67 yards. It's bad. Defensively, it was a crap show when the Terrier defense got ran through for 343 yards and 75 yards over their head. That is a great day in the office for the Owls. I was not sold on anything about this Wofford team in the spring, and it looks like my opinion won't be changing anytime soon this fall. The final score of that game was 31-10, to and man, Terriers. I, it looks like that time of being dominant in the past, I think that this, this it might be over because I do not see it. It's not in this year's team. And I don't know, again, it's only week three. You know, There's eight more weeks of college football to go before we can see anything uh, that convinces me. Otherwise, I don't know if that having that bye week so early is going to benefit them, you know, in the long run, just rest and morale wise. But I don't know. You know, they, they might get better the longer they keep playing. So who knows? But. Again, pretty much of a crap show. Uh, let's get some hand claps going for the Citadel as they finally got their first win of the season against North Greenville. They took the game seriously and played really well. I mean, offense had 354 yards on the ground and 135 yards in the air. Defense gave up 173 yards in the air and 118 yards on the ground. I think the area to exploit the Citadel on is their secondary. I don't think they are strong back there. Uh, teams that are pass heavy and can really sling the pit skin around should have their way with them. Again, I'm happy for the Bulldogs. First win and a win that'll get some momentum, you know, for them going forward. You know, I, I'm excited for it. I'm happy for them. I'm sorry. I'm really not excited for them, guys. It was a Division two team. Don't get me wrong. North Greenville is a capable football team. But this is what the Citadel should be doing against teams like that. I... When the Citadel gets their first Division One win, I think I might be actually a little bit more pumped up for them. Until then, good golly, <laughs> wow, I can't even be excited for them. All right, moving on to these last two teams. ETSU got busy on Delaware State, and right now they, they look like the number one team uh, in the conference. I know, yikes, especially saying that as a Furman football fan. But what I will say about the Bucks is that they had, have had a consistent showing of offense and defense the last three weeks. I'm impressed by what I've seen so far. I still want Tyler Riddell to have an average of 230 yards passing the ball a game. I'm still waiting for that. A man can dream, though. Uh, Quay Holmes continues to ball out as he rushed for 157 yards off of 21 carries. Jacob Saylor's balled out with 109 yards off of 11 carries. The two-headed monster at running back continues to show up every Saturday. And they they look really good um, as a as a as a team that can run the ball. I think they have one of the better uh, run games so far in this conference. They just look really good. And I, again, I hate to say that, um, being a Furman football fan and being a, a guy that uh, is a big fan of Devin Wynn, Wayne Anderson Jr., Kendall Kendall Thomas, um, Devin Abrams, and Dominic Roberto. A guy being a, a big fan of those guys and just seeing. How ETSU is playing right now is is really it's just it's just mind boggling a little bit. But that two headed monster that ETSU has is just really really good, and it's it's going to be a really good game when they play Sanford. I think if Sanford can find a way to stop their run game, which I don't think they will, I think Sanford, I think ETSU, excuse me, is going to run all over Sanford. I just see it. Um, again, I mean, I feel like they can't make them too one dimensional. I think. Tyler Riddell is the perfect um, game manager right now. I think that's his role. Uh, I think that's solidified. That's his role for this team. And, you know, I, I think that's I think that's what they need right now. I think running back-wise, I think they're, they're really good at running back. I think 
Uh, their two-headed monster attack, I think, is really, really good. I Very, very good. But, again, I, I think offensively, I think this is what they are, who they are, even though, again, I would love to see Tyler Riddell have 230 yards pass a good game. I think that would be really good for them. But, um, again, yeah, I think that's just his role is to be a game manager. And that's okay, though. Sometimes you just need to have that type of guy at quarterback, and maybe that next recruiting class, ETSU might get a gunslinger. And they might still have that strong running game that they have, too. And that might really make them lethal uh, down the road. Uh, Defense played outstanding by giving up only 175 yards of total offense. Again, ETSU looks like a championship contender so far this fall. And they right now look like the best team in the conference. (sighs) This breaks my heart to even talk about. The good old alma mater, Furman. Rough day in the office for both sides of the ball. Offense didn't have a great day with only 196 yards of total offense. Defense gave up 505 yards um, of total offense. And the final score was 45-7. to And I'm really not I'm, not, I'm not disappointed. And I don't feel like it's going to be a long season. I don't feel discouraged. I still feel like... The Paladins could still end up being the number one team by the end of the day. I still feel it. Um, Again, you know, I I just not I'm not discouraged. I'm not discouraged at all. I think this is I still think this is a really good Furman football team, Um, a better football team that was shown in the spring. I think this is a way better team that was that played in the spring. Um, And it helps. I think it, it, it helps playing a game like like the one they did uh, against NC State. The final score is 45-7, to seven, by the way. Um, I think it helps them. Because, uh, one, you get, you get to see – you get to play against a team that – I think it's going to be the best team they played all season. I I don't think they'll play a better team than NC State, okay? I think NC State is going to beat Clemson next week because Clemson is – my God, Clemson's really bad on offense. Let's just, keep, let's just go ahead and say that right now. Clemson is really, really bad on offense. But, again, going back to NC State, I think NC State's a capable team. I think they probably might win the ACC uh, this year. I think they have a good shot. Um, still, I'm not sold on North Carolina. I'm not sold on Virginia Tech. I'm not sold on a lot of things in the ACC. But I think North Carolina State, I think they have the better team right now in the ACC. And I think if they beat Clemson, I think it's good. I think that whole – uh, Clemson is that team to beat will completely just fall apart. But anyway, back to back to Furman. Again, I'm not discouraged at all. I, 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 best team they'll, they'll play all all year. I don't think there will be there will be a better team in the conference in the playoffs that they will ever see that's better than NC State. I don't think I don't think they'll ever see that. Okay, let's just go ahead and establish that right now. But what I will say is I think they have shown that they can throw the ball effectively through the RPO game that they they have now. I think they have shown that they can uh, run the ball effectively somewhat. It's not there yet running the ball. I don't think they're there just yet, and I think it's going to help them in the long run. They can get back to having a, a run game that's at least 200 yards a game. I think they get back to that, I think – I think this is going to be a team that a lot of people are going to have to really fear in this conference because uh, I think Hamp Sisson is more than capable to throw for at least 230 yards a game or 
at least two hundred yards a game. I think that's I think that's I think that's who he is. Um I would love to see him throw for three hundred something yards a game. That'd be great. I think he's more than capable of doing that. I think he could throw for how many yards he wants to throw at. But I think getting the run game going again, I think that's gonna help them out in the long run. Um and I feel like it's just a little bit of the missing element right now on offense. I, I just think they need to continue to develop their run game a little bit more. In the first two games, they played re- they ran the ball really well. And as you see, they were 2-0, and and now they're 2-1, but they were 2-0 and when they ran the ball effectively. And I think a 200-yard running game will help them out in the long run, and it'll help Hamp Sisson out a lot in the long run. And I think that's going to make them a, a, the team to beat in this conference. That's, I still think they are, but right now, record-wise, they're not. And after playing a really tough game, again, they won't play a team better than NC State for the rest of the season. I, I think, again, I really think this is going to be a team that um, that I think is going to come down. Honestly, again, I right now, I, looking at it right now, I think the conference will come down to Furman, East NC State, and Sanford. I think those are the best three teams in this conference right now. Um, you know, and, 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 no, and not in that order right now. Just not in that order after week three. And I think that's going to change in week four. But right now, I just don't see any of the rest of the teams in the conference being better than those three, those three teams right now. And, again, things can change. And this is only after week three. This is going into week four. But, again, I, I, I'm optimistic about Furman. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do against Mercer, how they were, they'll respond after playing such a really good team like NC State. Does that kind of give them more of a bit of a breath of fresh air? I'm pretty sure it's going to be on that defense's mind to kind of get revenge after what happened in the spring uh, when when the Palins took that trip to Macon. I was a part of that team, so I don't know why I'm saying like I'm speaking like I wasn't playing for that team. But um, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be looking for revenge on defense and offense is going to be looking to um, – to dominate and have a dominating fashion because this is this is really a statement game for Furman and it'll be a statement game for Mercer too who's now had a week to prepare for Furman so it's going to be a good chess match between Drew Chronic or Coach Chronic and um, Coach Hendricks um, this is going to be a really good football game I'm excited to watch that game so to end this episode of this podcast my record last week was thirteen and five. This week I am twenty and five in predictions. Look at that, seven undefeated this week. So far, so good and pretty easy to predict. Uh, I'm thinking things are going to be a thousand times more interesting on September 25th because I think we get to see the two of the top three teams in this conference play against each other, and we'll get to see how legit everybody else is. Wofford plays VMI. They're going to be looking for a revenge game. See if VMI can get something going. Um, Mercer and Furman. Mercer comes to Furman. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm still picking Furman to win that game no matter what. I'm hoping they'll they'll get that revenge from that April something matchup that uh, happened earlier this year. ETSU versus Sanford. I, I like ETSU over Sanford right now just because of the turnover struggles that uh, the Sanford offense has had. And uh, Western Carolina versus Gardner-Webb. I kind of like. I think I said Western Carolina predicting that, but I kind of like Gardner Webb to win this game. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd i like to see Western get their first win, but I don't know. But, yeah, so this is going to cap off um, episode 12. 
And uh, looking forward to another exciting weekend of football.